I have a um, funny relationship with God. Um, I always approach certain verses with trepidation because God has a knack in my life of bringing to life some of the things I'm called to preach on. Inevitably, it happens that I experience the things that we're about to preach on. And I hate it. I hate it because, you know, just because I'm a big guy and I'm Italian, I wear everything on my sleeve. And because, you know, people think I love conflict. I hate conflict. I I run from conflict. Every ounce in my body this morning is telling me just leave and go home because home is safe. Some of you think, oh, no, come on, Rob. (laughs) It's the truth. And you ask, why are you doing this job? I've asked myself that for the last 22 years. Inevitably, something happens and I'm wrestling with it. You see, this last week, a member of our church posted on social media, you know, a diss of the church. Now, I'm not on much of social media myself, just avoid it. But you start getting phone calls. Kathy first, myself. Hey, did you read what was online? What's going on there? From people who are not actually part of our church community. And you wonder, oh my gosh, I've got to put a fire out now. And then it becomes personal. Got a call on Friday. The staff don't know this. Well, I know it now. I got a call on Friday from a member of our church who was speaking to an ex member of our church. And their comment was, Yeah, you see, Hutt City Baptist Church is just going down and down since we left. And it hurts, personally, for those of us who are trying really hard, sometimes failing at what we do. It hurts. But there is this thing about us Christians. We love to do to others, but we don't like it when they do it to us. We don't like it if if they did the same thing to us. It wouldn't be cool if the Hutsi Baptist, I don't know, Twitter or Facebook page put on there, hey, you know, Bella, if only you could worship God off the stage as well as you do on the stage. (laughs) That's my girl. Sorry, I had to pick on you. It was family. It was either you or mum, but I thought I'd go. I'd be safer with you. <laughs> the irony of this situation was that person was okay to, to, to publicly diss the church, but wasn't okay to be privately confronted by it. But that's all of us. I'm no different. My wife can give you a lot of examples of me being that way, wanting people to treat me a specific way, but then me doing those very things I don't want other people to do. And there's a flip side to that as Christians. There's a flip side to that, and it's called forgiveness. 
I hope and pray that there is nothing anyone can do that I cannot forgive. Do you feel that same way? Sure, we need to work through it. My wife and I are very quick to fight sometimes, but we're also very, very quick to forgive and say sorry. Doesn't mean we don't need to talk it through, work it out, kind of get back to on the same path and all of that. But as quick as we are to fight, we're quick to forgive. This morning's passage is the cornerstone of what it means to be a Christian. It's, it's, it's the very, it's the crescendo of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the pinnacle. This is the point Jesus is leading up to. But it's not unique just to us Christians. It's something that's been throughout the history of humanity. Seneca, who is a Roman orator from about 200 years before Jesus wrote this, he said, let us show our generosity in the same manner that we would wish to have it bestowed on us. Um, Confucius, who's ways away from Jesus, says this, do not do unto others what you would not want others to do unto you. And then there's the book of Tobit, which I've quoted before, just before Jesus' time. Watch yourself, my son, in everything you do and discipline yourself in all your conduct and what you do and what you hate, do not do to anyone. Sorry, it's really hard to read that one. And then Hillel, the elder, who was a Jewish rabbi and sage who was born 100 years before Jesus. I mean, Jesus literally copies what he says he says what is hateful to you do not do to your neighbor that is the whole Torah that's everything the rest is just commentary go and learn (laughs) and then we have Jesus so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets holy moly think about that This sums up everything. We call it the golden rule. Everyone knows it. You don't have to ask other Christians. Non-Christians know what the golden rule is. The world knows what it means. But there's a difference between the world and all other belief systems and Christianity. Do you know what that is? We don't aspire that. We have to be that. It needs to be written in our hearts. We don't aspire to it. We have to live it. Every other belief system aspires to that because it's, oh, it's something to, live, to, to work towards. As, as Moses says to his people after he's given them the law, he says, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. It's got to be a part of us. It can't be some added extra or something that we look out towards. It's got to be part of who we are. This is what sets us apart. I get frustrations. I get things that happen at church that you don't like. I get that you don't like sometimes what that, that big, fat, bold pastor's preaching about at times. I get it. You might not like the music. You might not like when we're doing things or we're, we're not hitting the community the way we should. I get it. I get it. Let me take you back to Jesus, how frustrated he was with his own followers. How many times does he say in the Gospels, how many times do I have to repeat this? He says, this this is part of community. This is part of living together. We've got to write this in our hearts. 
I'm sorry, but there's an older slide in there. I don't know why there's an older slide in there. I thought I'd updated it. But there's two parts to this passage. It opens up with this, you know, ask, seek, knock. We all heard those verses before, right? We've heard those verses before. We're very pragmatic people. Modern day humans are very pragmatic. When they read that, they think of it pragmatically. But the Jews looked far deeper than the pragmatic effects of asking, seeking, and knocking. They looked at what's going on behind that. For them, ask meant humbleness, humility, less of you, more of him. Who here likes to ask for help? Huh? Yeah. I know a couple of you are doing some work on your homes. I've asked several times, let me come and help you. Oh, you've got too much to go on, Rob. I wouldn't ask if I, wouldn't, if I couldn't help. The reality is they don't want, us, want the help because, oh, I can do this. Don't you worry. How many of us carry things that we don't share? That's the whole point of asking. It requires humbleness and humility. The seeking part. Oh, uh, Jeremiah, sorry, 19.12 says this, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. There is that element of humbleness, of humility. I need to search out God because the next part is seeking. And that requires focus and determination. Sometimes a bit of stubbornness. Again, the next verse from Jeremiah says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that requires focus and determination. And then the, the knocking part, well, it requires perseverance and patience. Back in those days, there were no doorbells. Sometimes it took a bit for a person to come and answer the door if they were home. Well, sometimes they're hiding. You know, in Micah, it says this, as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord and I wait for God, my Savior. It requires perseverance and patience, you know, focus and determination and humbleness and humility. But there's a second part to this verse. It starts with the asking and the seeking and the knocking, but then it ends on this part here. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up everything. This sums up what it means to be a Christ follower. This sums up what it means to be a Christian. And that second part, apart from dependence on God, is a commitment to live for others. You know, any, you, anyone who listens to a, a symphony, a, a concerto, a, it builds up. You know, there's a programmatic style to it. It builds up, builds up till it reaches what they call the crescendo, the pinnacle point. This is Jesus at his crescendo in the Sermon of the Mount. Everything before it leads to this point. And everything that comes after it is just unpacking this point. Because later on, he's confronted. What are the greatest commandments? What's the greatest commandment I can follow, Jesus? And he says this, love the Lord in all humbleness and humility, with focus and determination, with perseverance and patience, with your heart, your soul, and your mind. That's the first one. The second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. In everything you do, do to others as you have to do to yourself. Because guess what? All of this sums up the law and the prophets. All of it. That's it. Done. And you know, sometimes... We, 
we minimize things when they need to be called out. But equally so, we don't forgive because we want to hold on to the hurt. Both things are lacking. They're lacking. It's not what we're called to be as Christians. Simple little things that you think are inconsequential have consequences. They hurt people. I put in hours this week of trying to sort this out. That ended very badly at the end. And of course, there's all these personal things that pop up as well. How, what's wrong with me? I got enough to find fault in myself. Thank you very much. But you guys aren't different. You're just like me. Why do we do that to each other? I get it. I get the frustrations. I get the hurt. I get the pain. I really do. I really do. How can we do this better? How can we live this in our hearts? How can this be part of who we are as Christians? If only we had the same energy to do this as we do with so many other things in our lives. Would this not change the world? Would this not build community? This is the pinnacle of the Sermon on Mount. Next week we'll unpack something, some of the things he says afterwards, but it all flows out of this point. Matthew 7, verses 7 to 12. The crescendo, the apex of the Sermon of the Mount. This is it. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. To, to be humble and, 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 and have humility and, and be focused and determined to follow him and seek him out and, and perseverance and patience. That sometimes that door doesn't always get open when you're knocking on it. But also to love those that sometimes you really don't want to. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to remember that phrase from Bilbo Baggins, not Bilbo, his uncle. Was it Bilbo? I love half of you as much as half, I can't even say it. But that's the case for every one of us. We, we struggle sometimes when we look around here. And, and we don't see what we, and we, we see, sorry, what we don't like. And sometimes we don't see what we like. That's not the point. You're here not because of what you like or don't like. You're here because God has called you to be part of a church community. And boy, I can go on to my 1,500 odd followers on Facebook and, and go a whole lot on what I like and dislike about the church. You know, I used to do that. We can't do that because you are the church. I am the church. We are the church. We're only hurting each other. The challenge this week for you is in what ways have I dissed 
maybe the people around me are taking them for granted or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe said some things carelessly. Maybe I'm the one that's holding on to the hurt and the pain and it's kind of coming out in ways that is unhelpful. Maybe hurting other people in the process. Who do I need to talk to this week? Or maybe reflect on these verses and say, where do I need to embed this in my heart? How can this be written on my heart? I know it's a hard word, and believe me, it wasn't easy. It's never easy. And brokenness and pain and hurt are just that, brokenness, pain, and hurt. Miserable sometimes. But praise be to God that we have Jesus Christ. That we don't live in hopelessness, we live in hope. And that for no matter how broken we may be, no matter how upsetting we can be to others and to ourselves, we have Jesus Christ who covers all. May we be forgiving as he is forgiving. May we challenge as he challenges us to be the people he has not only called us to be, but he has died for us to be. Amen? I ask our worship team to come up. As Alice said earlier, if you want to stand and worship or you want to just sit and listen, please just be and let God work in you. Song. Worthy of every song. Worthy.